0: will be there um, with the offering bag um, as, as you leave the sanctuary. So a few weeks ago, I began a series of messages from the book of Joshua entitled, Stepping into Your New Day. Stepping into your new day. How many of us would like it to be a new day, right? right? I think some of us are like, please, God, get me through 2020. Get me through 2021, you know? Let it be a new day. And, you know, as I, as I started this series, I, I first was was... Was kind of thinking, like, yeah, we as a church, we're gonna move forward and this and that. And all of that's true, and that will that will be highlighted in a sense. But but God really put it on my heart as I began studying to take a little different direction, where, which is where we've been, and that is that many of us as individual believers, we've been kind of stuck in the wilderness, just kind of living our lives, walking in circles, and we mouth the words, oh yeah, in Christ, old things have passed away, all things become new. But when you look at our lives, it's not necessarily the case. And God, I believe, wants to challenge us um, through this series of messages that truly for each one of us, we would stop our wandering in the desert, as it were, and begin to live according to the work of Christ and the plans of God for our lives. And so um, this, this morning, we're in Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 through 14, I want to begin with. And we'll finish the rest of the chapter later on. Um, But I want to bring a message entitled, It's Not Just Your New Day. It's not just your new day. And we're going to be looking at the story of Rahab this morning. And so Joshua chapter 2 beginning of verse 1 says this, and Joshua the son of Nun sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came to the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying, bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where... Where the men went, pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord, how Yahweh dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me. Someone else can say amen too to that. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you will also deal kindly with my father's house. And give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to to her, Our lives for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. May God bless his word to us today. And so thus far in our study in Joshua, we've seen that God has a land for each one of us. That is, it's a place of, of purpose, of fruitfulness, of blessing. And God wants you and me to experience the abundant life of which Jesus spoke. He wants to lead us into the spirit-filled life. He wants each of us to be able to say, yes, old things have passed away and all things have become new. And God wants to take us into a new day. And so far in Joshua chapter 1, we've seen that as the people of Israel were about to step into their new day, before Joshua and the people moved into their promised land, God gave to them, first of all, three promises that they would need to carry with them. The promise of a land, a great land, the promise of victory, and the promise of his presence. And last week we saw that he gave to them three keys that they would need to put to use Strength and courage, or or we said last week, that's, that's steadfastness and determination. They would need obedience to the word, to God's word, and they would need fellowship and cooperation with one another. Three keys. Well, in Joshua 2, here we read of Joshua sending spies into Jericho to scout out the land to see what they were up against. And they end up in the home of Rahab. Most likely her home was, was, was the city inn or, or tavern used by travelers. But the Bible also makes it clear that Rahab was not just an innkeeper, but she was a harlot. She was a prostitute. And, and actually, it's, it's, it's um, repeated so many times. Not that the spies used her services in that way. We won't get into that, right? But that's what she was. That's who she was. And we read that Rahab, she hid the spies from the king and helps them escape out of the city. But before she let them go, she told them of how what God had done for them had affected her city. And she pleads with them not to destroy her and her family. And as we'll see, she makes some incredible statements of faith. And in the end, if you go all the way to to Joshua chapter 6, you find that she and her family, this pagan prostitute and her family, they are saved. You know, I'm reminded this morning as I look at this story that the Bible shows us that the blessings that God had for his people from the very beginning were never meant to be just for them. You know, when God called Abraham, he said this in Genesis 12, he said, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great. We all say, amen, right? God, we want blessing. We want our name to be great. But then he goes on and says, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And listen, he says this, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples, all nations will be blessed through you. You see, what God did for Israel, Israel was really meant to be God's object lesson to the world of, one he, of what he wanted to do for the peoples of all nations. Israel was meant to be God's example of his love, of his mercy, of his power at work. That through this one nation, God was working to get the word out. Hey, this is the kind of God I am. And this is what I can do for you and will do for you if you will turn to me. God wanted the world to know I have a land of blessing for all people. I have a new day for all people. And this morning as we come to Joshua 2, we are caused to remember that this blessing that he's promised us is not just for us. That this new day we've been speaking of is not just for us. But rather, it's God's desire that the blessing of this promised land will be poured out to others, to those who may be even very far from him, those who are wandering in the deserts of their own lives. We could say it's not just our new day. It's not just your new day. It's not just my new day, but rather it's God's intent that it would become a new day for someone else, for that person who maybe today needs to come out of their own desert of sin why do we need this reminder? Why do we need to talk about this in this way today? Here's why. Because it's so easy for us as Christians, as God's people, to get caught up in our own lives and our own blessings. So, so that our relationship with God becomes all about what he can do for us. Our prayers become self-focused prayers. God, give me, help me, do for me, heal me, you know, and it's just me, 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 me. Even our worship songs become bless me, give me, help me, victory, love. Everything's for me, 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 me. But God wants to remind us today, it's not just about your new day. It's not just about my new day. It's not just about our new day. But this new life that's been given to us through Christ is a life that God has for all who will call upon his name. That it's God's intent that people of all tribes, tongues, and nations would be able to declare that, yes, old things have passed away and all things have become new. That once my life was going in that direction, now it is going in this direction. And Rather than wandering in the desert of my sin and lifelessness and hopelessness, there was a time when God stepped into my life and everything became new. This morning, I want you to look with me at how it was that Rahab and her family, this pagan prostitute and her ungodly family, came to know the grace of God and stepped into their new day. The first thing is this, that Rahab heard what God had done. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just like so amazing for Rahab says, we have heard, that is, the word had gotten out. What did they what had they heard? Well, they had heard how God had saved his people. Word had spread of how God, the God of the Israelites, Yahweh had saved his people from bondage in Egypt. These people had heard how their God had helped them escape from slavery, how he had opened up the Red Sea, how he had drowned the Egyptian army. They had probably even heard how God had been providing for them manna and quail in the desert to provide for their daily needs. The people of Jericho had heard of the miracles of God, miracles of salvation, of provision, of protection. And they had heard how God had given his people great victory. For Rahab specifically refers to the victories over the Amorite kings. For word had spread how this unlikely band of ex-slaves had defeated two of the most powerful kings. And to Rahab and to to her people, it was obvious. This was well beyond what these people could have done on their own. They knew that these victories had to have been wrought by the hand of the God that the Israelites served. And in a sense, we could say they heard that this God, Yahweh, was with his people. It had become obvious to Rahab that these Hebrew people had a God who was with them that their God, Yahweh, and you know, in, the, in, in their day, they believed in a lot of gods, and every nation had their gods, but, but this God, Yahweh, he was not distant from his people. He was not too busy for his people, but their God was with them, working in them, and working through them. Their God was very much involved in what they were doing, and he was willing to execute his power on their behalf. Why do I say all this this morning? Because I'm reminded that no one is going to be impressed by a church of wanderers. No one takes note of a group of people living their lives, wandering around in the desert of this world, dry, purposeless, powerless, fruitless. Listen, church, people don't take note of church kids. That is, that person who is just a touch of religion. Amen? Or ouch? Help me, God. See, what they take note of is the person whose life has gone through a radical change. The person whose life exudes with a miracle of salvation. What they take note of is the person who can tell of the miracles God has worked on their behalf, how one day God stepped into their life. and Things became new. Word will get out as people see the salvation of God and the victory of God in our lives over the things that were once destroying us, the victory over the drugs and the alcohol, victory over the conflicts that were destroying our marriage, victory over the lifestyle that was leading to ruin. Word will get out when people sense that God is with us, bringing forth good fruit from our lives. Oh, they might not understand it all, but when people begin to realize that that, that your life is different, that your life is filled with power, it's filled with peace, it's filled with joy. It's filled with the fruit of the spirit. It's filled with the life of God that truly old things have passed away and everything has become new. Listen, they will sit up. They will take note and word will begin to spread. Man, I got to tell you what happened to my brother. Man, my coworker, I don't know what happened. I I don't know if they're touched in the head or what happened. I don't know what's going on, but something's different in their life. Listen, Rahab could say to the spies of Israel, we have heard long before she ever met the spies, long before she ever met an Israelite, Rahab had heard about the God of the Israelites for word had gotten out that God was at work in the lives of his people. God was at work in Israel. God was at work among his people. Oh, can we pray church that somehow God would work in us and God would work through us in such a way that people all around us would begin to hear? That word would get out? That there's a God who is alive and active and still works among those who will call upon his name. Oh, can we pray that the word would get out because of God's work among us? And so Rahab, she heard. And then we see as we go on that Rahab took a step of faith. Now, listen, of course, when the people of of Jericho heard about all these things, most of them went on the defense and even ready to go on the attack. After all, they were going to defend themselves against a nation of invaders and who could blame them. On the other hand, here's this woman Rahab, of all people, probably at the lowest rungs of her society, who was ready. There was something in her heart that caused her to be ready to respond in faith. In fact, we see Rahab took a pretty big step of faith. And I, I just want to say, listen, we never know who's ready to respond. We never know who's ready to respond to the gospel message. We need to be careful we don't write anybody off. Amen, church? Right, the Apostle Paul says we don't see anyone according to the flesh, but we see them according to the spirit as the way God sees them. And sometimes too often we just write people off. Let's be careful not to do that. And so Rahab, what happens? She declared faith in Yahweh, in the Lord as God. Listen to her words. For the Lord, Yahweh, your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. What an incredible statement of faith for a woman who had grown up in a polytheistic culture, believing that there were many gods. But somehow Rahab came to recognize that the God of the Hebrews was not just one God among many but that he was God over all things, that he was God over all other gods, that he was the supreme God over heaven and earth. That was a huge step for her. And in fact, she believed it so much that she believed that this very same God could begin to work in her life. For she saw what was on the horizon. She saw the destruction that was about to come on her city. And yet somehow she came to believe that she and her family, if she would align herself with this God, that she and her family could be saved. Somehow she came to believe that if she would align herself with this God, that when the rest of the city fell, her house could yet stand. That when the rest of the people were judged and destroyed, that she and her household could be spared and saved. And so that's why she hid the spies, because she believed. In fact, Rahab had faith enough to turn, to turn her back on her world and align herself with the people of God. And what she did, it was obviously treason, was it not? Come on, it was treason. And don't get into, well, should she have lied and all that? Listen, there's no need to go down those roads. But what she did took great courage. Rahab was so full of faith in this God and what he was going to do for his people and what he could do for her that she was able to say, in a sense, I want to be part of them. I want to be part of what that God is doing. I want to experience in my life what he's doing in their lives. I want to know what it means to have old things pass away, all things become new. I want to step into my new day. I'm tired of living in this this Canaanite culture with these people who just put me down and they use me and so forth. But listen, I'm ready to forsake my past. I'm ready to turn from my sinful ways and I'm going to turn toward God and his people. Oh, listen, church, I believe that our world is filled with Rahab's men and women and young people who are just waiting for the opportunity to respond to what God wants to do in their lives. There are hungry hearts ready to take a step of faith, waiting for the opportunity to say, yes, I want God to touch me, too. I want to be saved. I want to be set free. I want to be made new. Listen, Jesus said what the harvest is ready, the harvest is plentiful. Why? Because there are plenty of people throughout the world just waiting for the opportunity to respond to what he offers to them. There are people all across our world, throughout our communities, maybe even in your household, who are waiting for the opportunity to respond in faith to what God wants to do in their lives if only someone would come along and give them that opportunity. You see, sometimes we think that everyone around us, we go to work, we go to the gym, we go to the supermarket, we go to the school. We think everyone around us is ready to reject the good news that we bring. And of course, there are many. And we think that the world is so hardened that no one could possibly respond to the message we bring. But Jesus said, the harvest is ripe there are lots and lots of people just like Rahab just waiting for someone to come along and give them the opportunity to respond with all that we would go into our workplaces into our neighborhoods talk to our neighbors go into the gym the school wherever it is and that we would we, we would just go with hearts and eyes that would see a harvest that is ripe people who are ready And so finally, we see that Rahab received the grace of God. When Rahab revealed her faith in the God of the Israelites, rather than being lumped together with the rest of the people of the city, rather than being told, well, I'm sorry, Rahab, it's hopeless for you. You're just a Canaanite. You're a prostitute. You've been living this ungodly life and you're part of those people. You know, you're one of those people. And so you're going to have to be destroyed with those people. She was told how she could be saved. And picking up the story, chapter 2, verse 15, let me read just a little bit of it. I'm going to jump around here, but it says, Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for a house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, Go into the hills. The pursuers will encounter you and hide there for three days and so forth. And the men said to her, We will be guiltless with respect to this oath and of yours that you have made us swear, behold, verse 18, behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and you shall gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers, and all your father's household. Then if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in this house, his blood shall be on our head. Verse 21, And she said, according to your words, so be it. Then she sent them down and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Notice she was told, Rahab was told to hang a scarlet cord from the window of her home. And that cord, like the blood of the Passover lamb back in Exodus, will be a sign of her faith and the means of salvation for her and for all who will be Found within her home. In a very real sense, it was for Rahab, this was a reenactment of the Passover night back in Exodus, when the death angel passed over every home that had the blood of the Lamb on its doorpost, and all who were within it were saved. And just as the grace of God and thus the salvation of God came to every home that was marked with the blood and to all who were in it. So now Rahab and her family will be saved by the marking of their home with this scarlet cord. I mean, it's an incredible thought. God is doing the Passover all over again for this Canaanite woman. It's incredible. But here's the thing. The Bible tells us that Jesus is now our Passover lamb. Can you say amen? Jesus is now our Passover lamb and that those who put their faith in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, the blood that he shed for us, that those who believe that he died for their sin and rose from the grave, those will have their lives marked with his blood. Even as we we, we talked and we sang about during the communion time, the Bible teaches us that those who who will allow their lives be marked by by, by the work on the cross, they will be saved we could say this morning that our scarlet cord is the blood of Jesus. Applied to our lives through faith. He is our means of salvation. And I just have to pause here. Whether you're in the sanctuary, you're online this morning, has your your life been marked with that scarlet cord? Has your life been marked by the Passover lamb by the blood that Jesus shed, we sang it. We sang it earlier. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I know for some of us it might sound kind of weird. What are you talking about blood for? Right? I know it's a little Christianese, but like here in the church, you know, if we've been in church for a while, we're used to it, you know. But that blood that Jesus shed on the cross is a sign to us from God of His great love for us and the fact that he's given us an opportunity to have all of our sins forgiven and then to enter into a brand new life, I have to ask you this morning, have you yet put your faith in him and what he's done for you? Have you allowed the scarlet cord, the Passover lamb, to mark your life? If not, today can be your day as you put your faith in Jesus and his work and all that he wants to, all he wants to give to you and do for you. And so I remind us this morning that the grace of God that has been extended to us through Christ is not just for us. But again, there are Rahabs throughout our world who are longing to know how they too can be saved. And the very same grace and salvation that we've received is, 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 is there for them. And it's our task to give to them that scarlet cord that they too might experience the grace, the mercy, and the salvation of God. And so in summary, what do we see here this morning as we look at Rahab? Come. For one, we see a sinner turning to God here is Rahab, a pagan prostitute, a woman from the lowest rungs of her society, declaring faith in God, reaching out to God through these spies, willing to turn her back on her people, her culture, her religion, her gods, and turning to the true God of heaven and earth. It was like she'd been waiting for this moment all of her life. I want to tell you this morning, no matter how far from God you may be today, God is calling you to turn to him. He's calling you to turn to him. Here's a sinner turning to God. We we see here a sinner receiving the grace of God. For rather than being turned away or rejected or lumped in with her people, you're just one of those people. Rahab is given the opportunity to experience the work of God for herself. It's an incredible measure of grace that takes place. For when the rest of the city is destroyed, Rahab and her household, in spite of how they once lived, in spite of all the things they may have once done, that they are then saved and you can jump ahead to Joshua 6 and see that. But we also see a a sinner being used by God. Can you imagine that? Used by God. Think of it. These Israelite spies now owe their lives to Rahab, this pagan prostitute. But God uses Rahab to bring about his great plan for his people. We could say finally we see a sinner stepping into her own new day. For Rahab herself would be able to say, yes, old things have passed away. As she aligned herself with God and with his people and becomes part of the people of God. Yes, she could say old things have passed away. All things have become new. She'd be able to sing maybe, yes, once I I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Maybe she would sing the song we sang at the beginning of the service. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day for eventually Rahab, she became included in the people of God and all that he had for his people. In fact, do you know Rahab is used twice in the New Testament as an example for us, an example of faith? Hebrews 11.31 says, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, and it's just like emphasize it. Why couldn't they just say Rahab, you know? The prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. James says in James 2, in the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? But here's the most incredible thing of all. I want to end with this this morning. Rahab, this prostitute, is listed in the lineage of Jesus. Did you know that? In Matthew 1, we read that Rahab became the mother of Boaz, who married Ruth, another foreign woman, but a woman of faith. Boaz was the great-grandfather of King David, and you can go on. But many generations later, Jesus is born to Joseph and Mary into that very same lineage. In other words, Rahab was used by God to bring about the line through which Messiah would be born. What an incredible story of grace. What an incredible way to be used by God. What an incredible story of salvation. In fact, one one commentator wrote, this is one of the most dramatic examples of grace in the Old Testament. I tell us this morning again, that same grace is available to each one of us today. For no one, not even a pagan prostitute, is beyond the grace of God if we'll but turn to him. And I'm reminded today that there are people all around us that God wants to reach them with his grace. Rahab's all around us. For you see, God has a new day for all who will trust in him. Can you say amen this morning? It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter what your background has been. It doesn't matter whether you speak English, Spanish, Portuguese, Mandarin, you know, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter how rich you are or poor you are. And so we could go on and on and on and on. But God has a new day for for all who will trust in him. God has grace and mercy for all who will call upon his name. That those who call upon his name, they will be saved. And we need to remember, church, that this whole thought about stepping into a new day, into the abundant life and spirit-filled life and the blessings God has for us and coming out of our wandering and entering into a life of purpose and fruitfulness and blessing, it's not just for us. It's not just for our own sake. It's not just that we can brag and say, oh, look, what, look what's happened to me and, and, and just enjoy the blessings of God. But God has a new day for those around us. And so, as we talk about stepping into our new day, let's not become self-focused. Let's be careful not to pass by the Rahabs of our world. But let's be sensitive. Let's ask God by His Spirit to keep us sensitive to hearts who are longing for the salvation of God and the newness of life that only Christ can bring. Will you bow your heads with me, worship team? Would you come? If you're here this morning and you've experienced the grace of God at work in your life, will you just thank Him and just ask Him to help you to be sensitive to the Rahabs around you, people around you. They're just waiting. They're longing for an opportunity to receive the grace of God. Maybe it's someone in your household. You've just kind of written them off. Someone you work with. Maybe it's just people you've passed by and just kind of maybe chit-chat with them, but you would just kind of written them off. Say, God, would you help me to see them as you see them? Would you lead me to those who are hungering and longing for the grace of God? They just need someone to help them take a step of faith. They need someone to maybe help them tie the scarlet cord to their life. Maybe you're here today. You're online with us. As many of us are praying right now. And you say, you know what? I'm one of those. Um, maybe you'd say in so many ways, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a Rahab. I've been living my life far from God. But today I recognize who he is and, and I'm ready to take a step of faith and align myself with him, turn to him. I need his grace at work in my life today. And so I'm ready to put my faith in him. If that's you this morning, maybe you just want to lift a hand here in the sanctuary. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything. I just want to pray for you. Maybe you're online and you want to just, like maybe just chat in or, you know, there's opportunities to do that with the text message number. Father, right now, you see those whose hands have lifted, maybe some online who are reaching out to you. They're saying, God, I need your grace and your mercy in my life today. I'm tired of living my life far from you. I'm tired of living my life just, just caught in a in in, 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 a, in a web of, of sin and this downward spiral and just wandering in the desert. Today I'm asking for your grace and your mercy and your love to be extended towards me. As I put my faith in All you've done for me through Jesus Christ, through his his life, his death on the cross, his resurrection. And today I turn from my sin and the way I've been living and I turn to you, God. I put my faith in you today. Praying for your work in my life. That truly old things would pass away and everything would become new. So we thank you for that. We thank you for that. If you're here in the sanctuary and you are reaching out to Jesus, maybe for the first time, on the back of your connection card, there's a place for you to mark that off. And if you do, someone will be in touch with you to help you and pray with you and share with you how you can move forward, take in that step towards, towards Jesus. So today, Lord, we, we look to you pray that you would help us, each one of us, to see with your eyes, to hear with your ears, that our hearts would beat with your heart. We thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand as we make this song our prayer this morning?